today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. But obviously, uh, we were shocked and saddened by the events that uh, happened with the Tree of Life massacre in Pittsburgh over the weekend. And uh, to suggest that people were still in shock uh, the day after would be a massive understatement. Uh, right across North America, right across the world, everybody mourned. As Jewish people, you know, we've had issues happening to us for over 2,000 years. So this is not new for us. Uh, very similar sentiments are uh, being expressed all over the world these days. And uh, a number of questions, how this could have happened, why this happened, uh, how it can be prevented. Uh, vigils right across uh, the world, as we mentioned, with uh, what's gone on here. Eleven victims gunned down, of course in uh, that terrible incident. Joining us to talk about this uh, is Bernie Farber, who is the chair of the Canadian Anti-Hate Network. Uh, Bernie, thank you so much for the time. It's uh, good of you to be on with us today. Well, thank you for inviting me, Bill. Let's talk a little bit about uh, about the sentiment that we're feeling right now. There are, there are uh, so many things that we want to say, and I think as, as our emotions uh, well to the top here right now, we, uh, we're almost hesitant to do this because they sound so cliche, but, uh, you know, like, how could this happen? But but those are legitimate questions about something like this happening on a, uh, in, in, in a house of worship. Not the first time it's happened, not the first time it's happened in North America. Uh, it's not supposed to happen in our society, is it? In fact, it's not the first time it's happened in Canada. <clears throat> it was back in January 2017 when a, a similar incident, similar tragedy happened in a mosque in St. Foix, Quebec. Mm-hmm. Over six um, uh, worshippers were gunned down. Um, it, it's horrific. Uh, it traumatizes communities. Uh, this is the last place in the world where you would expect not to be safe. A house of worship is where you go to find peace, to contemplate, and to pray, uh, and to take advantage of that and uh, fuel uh, people fueled with hatred enter a synagogue or a temple or a church and cause this kind of uh, chaos is, is uh, uh, unimaginable. You know, I think, Bill, we have to ask ourselves some very real questions today. Um, we have to ask, what, how are these seeds getting planted? Uh, yes, there are always going to be people out there who are going to do these types of horrible things, but surely there are ways to mitigate it. And certainly one of the ways that we have to do it here in this province, for example, and I would say around the world, is that leaders, political leaders, have to lead. They can't be taking pictures with neo-Nazis and white supremacists, as, as we saw our own premier do, and actually refuse to renounce it. He has to stand up, as do other leaders, and as my father used to say, you have to open a mouth. You can't give these people oxygen. You can't give them legitimacy, because it only takes one person to cause the kind of tragedy that we saw on Saturday in Pittsburgh. Bernie, isn't that one of the major concerns, and you and I have talked about this many times in the past, is, is that when situations like you've just described occurred, it emboldens these people. Without, uh, without a doubt in my mind, and, and we've seen this time and time again, and I think the last time you and I talked about this, I, I, I noted to you that when I was the head of the Canadian Jewish Congress, one of our responsibilities was the security and safety of our Jewish institutions. And honestly, Bill, I went to bed every night with this fear in the pit of my stomach that somebody was going to walk into a synagogue and start shooting. Thankfully, it did not happen, and sadly, until Saturday. Um, and, and again, after the mosque shooting, I, I was even more devastated because I believed it was only a matter of time. And really, there are ways to, at least, as I said, mitigate this. And nobody is doing any of that. Leaders are not speaking out. We are not condemning hatred. Internet service providers are allowing on the most vile kinds of hatred one can find. People who are otherwise in their basements tapping away at their keyboards, uh, reveling in their hate, 
really get a hit of oxygen when, when, when they see people like Trump and others uh, uh, commend uh, hatred. Uh, Trump said there are good people on both sides after Charlottesville. What nonsense. Haters are not good people. But once they feel that, once they feel that, impa- that passion, it only takes one of them to, to do what we saw. And it's, it's, it's uh, really, I, I've been devastated, just devastated. Bernie, why don't we react to the red flags that are coming up almost on a, a weekly basis now? And you mentioned Charlottesville. Uh, when, when somebody of the ilk of David Duke endorses what the president has said, we should be revolted by that. And instead, we, well, too many of us do nothing. Well, well, that, that's exactly it. I mean, um, I am I'm stunned. I almost feel, Bill, as if I've gone down the rabbit hole. Uh, I, I never would have imagined in my retirement years, I retired last year, and I'm doing some consulting on, on uh, racism and anti-racism, but never did I think I would once again be, be having to give the world a message that Nazis are not good people. And, uh, you know, the, the moment that David Duke uh, commended in any way uh, Donald Trump, he should have stood up loudly and clearly and saying, I don't want your commendations. I don't want anything to do with you. And by the way, again, I would say the same thing about leaders right here in our own province. Uh, you know, that whole issue with Faith Goldie and, and, and Doug Ford having a picture taken together and, and the premier of the province refusing to renounce this woman who engages and enables neo-Nazism in this province. This is the kind of thing that makes me very sad. And it's the kind of thing that I, I, I implore upon leaders Please, it's, it, you have the platform to give the message. If you don't give that message, it just, as we've said before, emboldens people. Why have we blurred the line, though, the way things seem to be anyway, and on social media, and, and probably you're absolutely right, even in the political uh, dialogue that's going on, we've blurred the line now between free speech and hate speech. Well, yeah, it's true that we have blurred the line, and I think much of this ha- goes back even just a few years ago. We used to have a section on the Canadian Human Rights Act called Section 13 that really dealt effectively with hatred on the Internet. The Internet today is the tool of choice for hate mongers. Why? Because in the past, they used to stand out in street corners and hand out leaflets, and if 10 people took it, that was considered a good day. Now they tap a key, and they could potentially reach tens of thousands of people. And so there, there has to be some corporate citizenship demonstrated by Internet service providers. Twitter and Facebook are as much to blame as, as uh, you know, things like uh, 4chan and Gab.com. The, the more mainstream uh, media, more ma- mainstream social media that allows hateful messages, um, which have to violate their community standards, but you know, many claim that they don't. They have to take a better look at what's out there because this just feeds that that hateful animal. Well, it spreads like wildfire, as you mentioned. I mean, you know, the the, the tool of the internet, this wonderful tool that we've developed here, can also be used as a, as a weapon. Uh, and we've seen this happen time and time again. And you referenced the uh, the murder, the massacre in Saint Foix, Quebec, last year. Uh, that perpetrator ran right into that mosque and said, I want to kill all Muslims. We had the same situation happen at the Tree of Life massacre. I want to kill all Jews. Uh, there is something going on out here that is that is feeding that, that frenzy and feeding that mindset. Well, we, I, I think we know what it is, and, and I think that there, is, there has been this wave of, uh, of populism, which I think is misunderstood. Populism used to be a good thing, and now it's a bad thing. And the populism is centered on this kind of nationalist fervor that has been erupting here, where all of a sudden immigrants and refugees are bad people. 
This would not be a country had it not been for immigrants and refugees. All of us come from someplace else with the exception of Canada's indigenous people. We are built on the strength and foundation of immigrants and refugees. And yet we seem lately to be a country of immigrants that hate immigrants. It's got to stop. We've got to take stock. And, uh, you know, I'm almost at a loss as to figure out how best to do this. Well, shouldn't that dialogue be happening at the at the provincial and federal level instead of? Well, I mean, it's yeah. great that you're here to talk with us today, Bernie, and we want to have that dialogue. But, uh, but this is where we look, look to leaders, isn't it? Well, it is, and I have to tell you that uh, you know maybe three or four months ago, before the last provincial election, there was uh, an entity within the provincial authorities called the Anti-Racism Directorate. And sadly, after after the uh, win by the Conservative government here in Ontario, that was disbanded. The Anti-Racism Directorate brought uh, leaders and uh, ethnic leaders and others together to discuss ways and means as to how we can get the message out there into schools, into community centers, uh, everywhere. And that has now been disbanded. Uh, it, is, it is as though we are walking backwards as opposed to walking forwards. And, and that's what makes me so angry in the, in the long run. We have the opportunity and we have the means by which to get positive messages out there, but instead we look for ways to, to accentuate the negative. And we have a lot of work to do, Bill, and that's why I appreciate at least being able to speak out, you know, to honor my father's words. He used to say, you know, you have to open your mouth if you want to get something done. But there seems to be little dialogue about, for instance, anti-Semitism. And you and I talked about this some months ago and uh, about a couple of incidents that actually had occurred here, and they seem to happen with way too much frequency. Uh, but, but, I mean, there was even some dialogue on social media. I'm sure you saw this, Bernie, in the news over the weekend, that uh, the Jewish money was behind the, the caravan of refugees that are making their way through Central America, that this was done to try to, to undermine the Trump administration. I mean, th this, is, this is total BS, but it's out there, and there are people that it, buy it. It is, and Robert Bowers, the alleged shooter at, at the Tree of Life Synagogue, is one of those that bought that message. You know, the, the message of George Soros, uh, uh, you know, a, a Jewish philanthropist who has given millions and millions of dollars to wonderful causes is all of a sudden targeted by the, by the, by the, hate, by the hate out there as a leader in bringing in immigrants and refugees in, in this caravan. Uh, and there are code words that are being used and dog whistles that are being used that point at Jews. Look, the, the Jewish community understands this better than many others. Robert Wistrick, a great historian, once called anti-Semitism the longest hatred. And it, 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 is, it is sadly very true, and it goes in peaks and valleys. And when people say to me, you know, really anti-Semitism is a thing of the past, <laughs> yeah, this past weekend has demonstrated quite clearly that, 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 that it is not true. And the events of the last number of months with uh, an unprecedented rise in anti-Semitism right here in our own province proves that it is not true. And it is time not just for Jews to start fighting anti-Semitism. It's time for all of us to be fighting anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, xenophobia. We have to do this together, not wait for an incident like this and then have a vigil the next night. We have to find ways to permeate into, the, into that heart of darkness and, and turn it around somehow. Uh, and we have to work together, ethnic leaders, religious leaders, why isn't there a press conference today from all the religious leaders across the province denouncing hatred, denouncing racism in the wake of Pittsburgh? I have been calling on this for, for you know, since the St. Foy massacre, and yet faith leaders that are the moral center of our society have remained ominously and dangerously silent. Why? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. I can't figure it out. Of, of all people, you would think that they would have 
the moral mountain to stand on, and, and instead they seem to hunker down in their bunkers. And again, that, that speaks to the separation that seems to have occurred and the fractious uh, attitude that seemed to have. And uh, we and I talked about after the 9-11 tragedy, of course, uh, here in the Hamilton area locally, uh, religious leaders, the mayor at the time, Bob Wade, got religious leaders of all denominations together, and we talked about that, and we forged that message about a, a crime against one is a crime against all of us. And, and I know that was a, a message that seemed to resonate with people right across North America and across the world after 9-11. We seem to have drifted away from that, though, Bernie. We have, we have drifted away with the, with the hope, to some extent, that this has gone away. It never goes away. It buries itself. And if it gets watered, if the hatred gets watered, it, it sprouts once more, and we turn our backs until something terrible happens, like we, like we saw on Saturday. Maybe if there's any pinprick of light, Bill, that will emanate from this terrible tragedy, it is that people will wake up and will want to walk together towards civility. That, that, that is the hope that, that I'm reaching out to, to now. There's a vigil tonight here in, in Toronto at, at Mel Aspen Square hoping that hundreds if not thousands will show up and stand in solidarity and say, no more, we've had enough, let's work together, let's stop it. Well, and, and you, this is, again, where we come back down to the leadership and the elements that seem to be coming, or not coming into play in, in circumstances like this, and it's, it's got to be awfully frustrating. Uh, but and, and I know that, once again, uh, the people that seem to be defending some of these, uh, these right-wing anti- and actually in neo-Nazi movements in many cases, to go to that extreme side of things, Bernie, uh, will characterize this as they have with some of the other tragedies that we've referenced as, well, it's a mental health issue. It's not a societal problem. Well, that, uh, they don't seem to connect. That, of course it is. It's trying to rationalize this. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, virtually every hater that has participated in these kinds of terrible tragedies, yeah, maybe they have mental health issues, but all of them to, in, in the last couple of years have been radicalized online, whether it was Alexandre Bissonnette in St. Foix whether it was Alexander uh, Manassian uh, with the truck ramming here in Toronto, what we've seen is that they got their hateful ideas online. And so, <laughs> you know, all of us play a role here in terms of trying to do what we have to do and what we can do to, to bring things forward. Uh, and right now, it seems like we've come to a dead stop as opposed to finding ways to run forward. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not terribly sanguine about, about the future unless we find a way to work together. Jews and Muslims and Christians and, and, uh, and Hindus and people of color, I mean, really, we are, we are one family in many respects, and we have to stand up for each other, and we're, we've just sort of stopped doing that. We're, we're at a sad and very tragic crossroads right now where violence against uh, people that we hate right now seems to be if not the norm, certainly the preferred uh, avenue for, for people that, that seem to be on the edge like that. But it's easy to feed that beast. Well, it is. And, and by the way, I mean, you know, you, you take a look at people like Trump and others who, who, who do feed that beast, who, who engage in, in violent rhetoric and, and, and images of, of violence. We take a look at some of our media, and I, I you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm talking about uh, print media here that's a little bit to the right of Attila the Hun, that, that where, where columnists will write about things that have not happened and blame immigrants, uh, you know, for a fire that happened in a hotel where, where immigrants and refugees are, are staying and people drinking uh, the blood of goats. And I mean, th this is all nonsense, but it's written in, in, in legitimate newspapers in this country, and people read that and, uh, and get worked up. 
this has got to end. I mean, certainly editors and others have a responsibility to make sure that this type of thing isn't out there. Uh, and again, it's all a part of working together. And I don't know what it's going to take to to you know push these people to do that. I really don't. Well, there's got to be some ownership here. I got about a minute left here. Maybe this is a classic example of of how we seem to be approaching this from the wrong side. Uh, in response to an awful lot of the the pushback on this, Twitter has announced today that they are murdering their heart button. They say too much liking is actually giving validation to this. They're ignoring the fact that it's the text of the tweet it that's is, the problem. It, and, it's and not I the like button. It's, it's removing the accounts that incite murder. And, Bill, if I, if I could urge your listeners, uh, the Canadian Anti-Hate Network has a website. It's called antihate.ca. Learn about who the players are out there that are stoking this. Please go on to our site. Do what you can to educate yourselves. This is part and parcel of what we all have to do. Bernie, as always, thanks so much for the time. I hope uh, the rally goes well tonight, and uh, hopefully we can get a message out about this. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Bill. Take care. Bernie uh, Farber, of course, is the chair of the Canadian Anti-Hit Network. As he said, he's supposed to be in retirement right now, but I'm, I'm glad that, that he found the time to come out and talk. We need a strong, we need intelligent voices uh, to try to do something about this and stem the tide of uh, what is becoming a very troubling uh, movement, in the, not just here, but through the social media. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.